Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. The elements are a metaphor, a simple organizational system to help us understand business and ourselves as business owners. And they are the components of nature, the roots of magic, and the building blocks of life. We all have some aspects of life and business where we thrive and others that are more challenging. By looking at these things elementally, we remove shame and judgment and can discern which elements would help us bring ourselves into balance. Earth, root chakra, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth rules the parts of business that keep us safe and secure as we do our soul work. Sustainability, finances, contracts, systems, our core values, and clarity about exactly what our medicine is and how we fit into the ecosystem are governed by Earth element. Air, heart and third eye chakra, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Air rules our big vision, our ultimate picture of success. It's where we connect our medicine to a mission and decide what kind of impact we want to create during our time on this planet. Water, sacral chakra, cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. This is the realm of our emotions and business is emotional. How we feel about people, ourselves, visibility, uncertainty, how we handle stress and disappointment, all of this and more affects how you navigate your business. Water element is where we learn to resource ourselves and expand our capacity to hold the big feelings that come with doing our work in the world. Fire, solar plexus chakra, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Fire is where we take our gifts, our uniqueness, and our creations and we blaze them out into the world. All things selling, marketing, and the day-to-day actions of running our business are ruled by fire. Too much fire and we burn out. Not enough, and our business never makes it off the ground. And spirit, crown chakra. Every good gardener knows the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Spirit rules the faith required to keep tending your business long before you've seen a single sprout of evidence that it's growing. No matter what you believe in, spirit element is what you travel through after you leap and before you land. Life thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you, and so will your business. To find out your dominant element, take our quiz at intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash quiz. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I'm so happy you're here with me today. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. I am so glad that you found your way here. It's not an accident. Stay, hang out, be with us. If you're returning, welcome back. As always, it means so, so much to me. Uh, each and every one of you who return, who listen to the show. While we're here, while we're on that topic of things that mean so much to me, if you like this show, it would mean so much to me if you would leave it a review. If you would leave it a five-star review specifically on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, that really helps out the show so much. Also, if you share it with people, let people know that you like this show, share it to your Instagram, send an episode to a friend. Please help me spread the word and uh, build this show up because it takes a village to raise a podcast. I'm pretty sure that's how that saying goes. So today I am sharing with you uh, an episode that is pulled straight from my YouTube. Uh, For those of you who have been playing the home game, we are growing a YouTube channel. So if you want to watch this video uh, on YouTube, you can go and find it there under the same title. And we're going to be talking about what I would do 
if I were starting my business in 2024. So if I were starting from scratch this year, these are the exact steps that I would take, the exact things that I would do to put myself in position to succeed. So whether you are returning to business after a hiatus, you've been freelancing for a while, kind of doing your thing, and you're thinking about getting started and taking your business more seriously, if you still have a nine to five and you want this year to be the year that you go all in on your business, this episode is for you. And even if you're a more established entrepreneur and you just want to go through the thought experiment of what would you do differently if you were starting from scratch this year, go ahead and give this a listen. Um, I don't think I have any extra special announcements. I'm just going to leave us right there. But I will say go check out the YouTube channel. I've been going live every day in January talking about everything related to goal setting, reaching your goals, making sure that you put yourself in position to make sure that 2024 is the year that you want it to be. And I've been sharing a lot of really valuable information over there over the course of this month. So if you like me in your ear holes, just wait until you get me in your eye hole. I don't know, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. (laughs) We talk about business, but it's silly. It's light. It's fun. Okay. Without further ado, I am going to let you get into this episode. If it's valuable for you, please leave a comment, leave a five-star review, share it with a friend, shoot me an email, intuitiveedgecoaching at gmail.com, and let me know how it was for you. All right, enjoy the show. Today we're going to be talking about what I would do if I were starting my business in 2024. So if you are determined to make 2024 the year you start your business, make sure that you listen to all of this. Take notes, chill out. We're going to be here for a second. So I've really broken some things down that are really important. And this comes from 20 years of freelancing and eight years as a business coach, um, running a six-figure business for multiple years, uh, being a life and business coach, certified life and business coach for creative, spiritual practitioners and heart-centered service providers. I am here to help you build the life and business of your dreams. I want to see you win. So if you're just getting started and you're not entirely sure where to start, buckle in because I'm going to give you some real important information. Okay, let's just get into it. Thing number one is make sure your business solves a problem or responds to a need in the marketplace. So many of the people I work with, and I know that I did this too, we are starting a business based on a thing that we love to do that we're passionate about. And that is really important. You should love what you do and you should be passionate about it. That's incredibly important. But what makes it a business versus just being a hobby is that what you want, and here's our little Venn diagram, our low-tech Venn diagram. Here's the thing you love that you're passionate about. Here's problems in the marketplace that people have. And we want those things to overlap. We want there to be an overlap between the thing that you do that you're passionate about and a genuine problem that exists in the market, a need that people have that you know how to fill, that you are perfectly positioned to fill with your gifts, skills, and talents. Now, the thing about this, by really thinking at the beginning about making sure that you're solving a problem or filling a need is that it's going to get you into thinking about other people. And that's what you want to do because your business is not about you, respectfully. It's about them. It's about the people you serve. It's about how you can help them bring beauty and joy to their life, make their life better. And you want to really be thinking about them. 
I frequently relate starting a business to throwing a big event or a party. If you've ever thrown a big event or a party, I did a lot of live events in my dance life. When I'm thinking about throwing a big event, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the guests of the event. I want them to have a good time. I want them to feel taken care of. I want them to have an amazing experience and tell their friends and come back again. And so all of my planning and all of my thought in the way that I'm setting things up is about guaranteeing that the people who come are going to have a good time. This is also going to help you think about who are you inviting? This is also known as your ideal client or your niche who are the people that have this problem that you are perfectly poised to solve with your gifts, skills, and talents? By getting really clear on the problem that your work solves or the service, the, the uh, gap that your work fills, and then <clears throat> thinking about who has this problem or who needs this service, you are, <clears throat> excuse me, positioning yourself to be able to set yourself up for success and have a lot of clarity around what are the products that you're going to create that solve this problem. In my world, I call everything a product. So even if you're not making a physical product, even if it's a, a coaching package or a course, that's still a product. It's something that you are creating. Tarot readings, that's a product. It's not what you do. It's the thing that you are selling. That's your product. Excuse me. I forgot how to talk and swallow and breathe at the same time. So thing number two is to get clear on where you want your business to go. What is your long-term goal? What's your vision for success? Like I said, you're a tarot reader. Well, is your vision of success that you want to only do private tarot readings? Is your vision of success that you want to be uh, the go-to tarot reader for celebrity clients? Is your vision of success that you want to be a tarot reader on YouTube and you want to have a million subscribers? Is your vision of success that you want to write a book on tarot and you want to start a tarot school where you teach other people to read tarot. What is it that you're trying to do with this? What's your long-term vision of success? It's really hard to build something if you don't have a blueprint for what you're building. And so many of us who go into business based on a gift, skill, or talent, we just know that we want to do the thing that we do. And we don't always think about where we want to take it and what our ultimate vision is for how big we want our business to get or not get. There may be some things that are happening in the market that other people are doing in your industry where you're like, I don't think I would want to do that. I don't think I would want to tour the country and be on tour 48 weeks a year and be speaking on stages all over the country. I don't, I don't think that's a vision of success that I want. It's a vision of success for somebody, but it's not what I'm looking for. And we really want to know like, what are we looking to create? What are we looking to build? That's how you make sure that you're not just so focused on hustling up the next client, the next customer, the thing you can provide today, and that you're building toward a future where your business is going to be able to take care of you and you're going to be able to reach your long-term goals. So we want to start with the end in mind, knowing exactly what size and shape of company you're trying to build. So thing number three is to map out your business's processes and standard operating procedures. Now, this might seem like, why is this number three? This seems like it should come later, but really think about this for a second, especially if you're going to have an online business, but really anything, you need to know exactly how the process goes of how you create something, how you market that thing to customers, and then how you deliver that thing to your customers. 
You need to know what all those steps are in advance so that you can build it. Oh my gosh, we have somebody live and it's Des Davis. It's the rich witch herself who's on my live. Also, I was just thinking about you, psychic friend. I'm going to call you as soon as I get done with this. Love you so much. Y'all know I can't be live. I get too hyped when people are here. So mapping out your business's processes and SOPs is also really valuable at the beginning because it's going to tell you what equipment you need and what software you need. So how would you know what you need to invest in if you don't know what your processes are going to be? So for example, if you are going to build a course business, then you're going to need a course hosting platform. So if you don't take the time to learn about what goes into delivering a course to my people, then you're not going to know what are the pieces of software that you need to buy and get set up in your business in order to deliver that product. And you want to know that all in advance. Even if you're only serving one-on-one -on -one private clients, thinking about, okay, well, how do clients book a session with me? How do we make that automated? How do we make it simple? How do we make it streamlined for the client so that they have a pleasant experience? How does the client book with me? Once the client gets that, once they've done that booking, how do they pay? How do they get a confirmation? How do I want to, do, do my clients get a gift? Do they get something in the mail? What happens when a client books a session with me? And then how do I serve that session? Is it on Zoom? Is it on the phone? How do they get their product delivered to them? Then what happens after we have the session? Do they get notes? Where do they get them? Do they get a follow-up email? Mapping all of this out is going to help you really clarify exactly what it is that you're offering to people, which is going to make it easier for you to talk about. And it's also going to set you up to be able to get the systems, the software that you, or the, the physical products, if you have a physical product business that you're going to need in place. If you have a physical product business, do you need packaging? Do you need a sterile environment to create your products? Do you need a shipping machine? Do you need a bulk mail indicia? Do you need an account with UPS? Like what are the things you're going to need to deliver this? And the only way you're going to be able to figure out what you need is by walking out, walking through those standard operating procedures and the systems and processes that are going to exist in your business. And that's going to help you figure out what it is you need to invest in right away. And what are the things that you can wait on for later? later. And that was number four is determining what those tech systems are. So number three, mapping out your processes and steps feeds right into number four, determining what tech, what equipment, what software you need in your business. Number five is that's going to tell you what you need to learn. There's no way that by the time you get here, you're not going to realize, oh my gosh, that means I have to learn all this stuff that I don't know. That's a normal part of starting a business. There's going to be a lot of things that you just don't know, and you probably don't know you don't know them until you go to start the business, especially if you're starting a business based on an established gift, skill, or talent, something you've been doing as a freelancer, something you've been doing at a company for someone else, something that you've done as a hobby. You've never thought about, you know, I was a dance teacher for years and years, and I was like, I could own a dance studio, but had I ever thought about front desk software before I owned my own? No, I just showed up and taught my class. Somebody had thought about front desk software. Somebody had thought about how to train front desk people. Somebody had thought about how to create class cards and give customers refunds. It just wasn't me. And so when we go into starting a business, we will realize now there's all this stuff that I don't know about that's part of this business, and I have to learn it. And so taking an accurate 
assessment of what are all the things I need to learn in order to become skilled as the owner of this business, that's something you're going to want to write down and be clear on. Hey, entrepreneur, I don't care what stage of business you're in. If you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. We need people. We need people in our corner. We need outside eyes. We need someone to go to. We need that in case of emergency break glass person that we can call when we're stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed, when we aren't sure what move to make, or when we just want to celebrate our accomplishments. We need the right people on our team. No one who has ever built a big, successful business does it alone. You should not be trying to do it all alone. You need people in your corner because owning and running a business might be one of the hardest things you ever do. And most people in your life simply won't be able to relate or guide you if they've never done what you're trying to do. Ideally, I'd like to see you in one-on-one coaching so that I can really be a partner to you behind the scenes in the day-to-day of your business and walk alongside you through every season, every stage, even into the nitty-gritty details. But if you're not ready for that, at the very least, I want you to get into the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is the number one resource you need for success as a heart-centered creative entrepreneur. There is truly nothing else like it on the market. It's a hybrid of courses, group coaching, a mastermind, and a brilliant supportive community all in one. Joining the Coven will connect you to teaching and tools designed to guide you through every single step of building and scaling your business to six figures. No more questioning what to do all by yourself. No more buying random one-off courses on different topics and trying to patchwork it all together. Every single topic you need is covered. We're talking from legal structure to contracts to branding to marketing to product development, launching, you name it, it's in here. Can you imagine never having to buy another course again because you've already got it all under one roof and if you need something, you can just search it and find it? That alone is worth the investment, but you also get access to bi-weekly high-impact live group coaching sessions with me, ongoing workshops with guest experts, and our private Facebook group so that you can stop doing business alone. And you should. An Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is one amazing way that you can do that. Go to intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven, C-O-V-E-N, to join today. And as a special thank you for being a listener to the pod, simply enter the code podcast on any checkout page for 11% off your first three months of membership at any level. That's intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven and enter the code podcast at checkout. I can't wait to help you grow your business so that you can make a bigger impact, help more people, share your gifts with a larger audience, and make the money you deserve to be making for your gifts, skills, and talents. But most of all, I want to see you so confident and so self-assured that you are just as talented at running a business as you are at the thing you and that is within reach when you join the coven. So I can't wait to see you inside. Let's get back to the show. Now, the next thing is about changing relationships. You about to have to change your relationship with a lot of things. Thing number one, you're going to want to change your relationship 
with investing. I just said, you might have to buy software. You might have to buy equipment. A lot of us start out with this idea of like, well, I want to make sure I'm going to be successful first. I want to get clients first before I spend any money. That is not how this is going to work. You have to lead. You have to lead the way. Followers follow leaders. You start in a business, you're like, I want followers. Well, who do followers follow? They follow leaders. So if you're not investing in yourself, if you don't believe that you are a trustworthy place to invest money, that your business is a trustworthy place to invest money because it's going to last, how are other people going to trust that? You've got to set yourself up to succeed. You have to believe that your business is going to be successful and make investments in your business that will ensure that success and that reflect that level of belief. Thinking about it as investing versus spending is also a key difference. When we're an employee, we get money and we spend it. When you're a business owner, you're investing your money because you're going to get money back out. So I invested the money in getting a webcam because I was going to make videos because I knew that that was going to build my following and it was going to be something that helped my business. I had to go buy that before I made a video and before I made any money. We are going to have to make investments in this thing that we're trying to build before anyone has ever followed us on anything, before anyone has ever bought anything from us, there's going to be investments that you're making. Now, you get to write all those things off on your taxes. That's the good news. Now that you're a business owner, they're not just things that you're spending. It's a write-off. But don't avoid needing to invest in yourself financially and in terms of time, effort, and energy, you are paving the way for what you're asking your customers to do. And that's not too much for them to ask. They want to see that you're investing in you because you believe in you. And that's going to make it a lot easier for them to believe in you and them to invest in you. Which leads me right to, you got to address your issues with money. And as I said, Des Davis, the Rich Witch is here on the live. Go look up the Rich Witch Life on Instagram. If you need to heal your relationship with money, there's so much about our relationship with money that needs to be addressed in becoming a business owner. Do you feel comfortable receiving money? Do you feel comfortable making a sale, which means talking about money and telling people that there's a price for your services that they're going to need to pay? Do you feel comfortable managing money? Do you feel comfortable saving and investing money? Do you feel comfortable with money? Are you a good steward of the money that you already have? If you have a lot of challenging issues around money, which most people do, um, going into business is going to bring all of those issues right to the surface. So you can wait until you're kind of far into business and things are a little dicey because you've let your relationship with money um, cause some havoc in your life, or you can address it right from the outset. I waited and it was a bad idea. When I tell you I made every single mistake that I tell people not to make, like I made these mistakes so that you don't have to. There was a time where I had not paid my business taxes for years and I got myself into financial trouble because I wasn't great at managing the money that was coming in. I've made these mistakes. Waiting until you have a lot of money to solve those problems is not the way to go about it. Address these things now. Go into it assuming that you have some 
shadow around money that you're going to need to address and just be open to that. Be curious about it and start really thinking about it. If you grew up in a family where you heard money's the root of all evil, all rich people are scumbags. Um, what do you think I am? A Rockefeller? Like if you had, we're not made out of money. Money doesn't grow on trees. There's all kinds of things. Money comes from hard work. There's all kinds of beliefs we have about money. And a belief is a thought we don't think anymore, right? We just move like it's true. We assume that it's true. There's all kinds of beliefs that we all have about money that may not serve us where we're headed. If your dream for your business is that you're going to have a seven-figure business, but your experience with money is money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for everything that you have. And who do you think I am a Rockefeller? That's going to be very challenging. And so go into this knowing that if it's a business, it's making money, right? Before that, it's a hobby. If your goal is to make money, you're going to need to address your relationship with money. I've never met anyone for whom this wasn't true. I would go into this thinking about it at the start. You're going to need to address your issues with leadership. Do you feel comfortable leading? I just mentioned you're going to have to lead the way in terms of investing. You're going to have to lead the way in terms of believing in your business. You're going to have to lead the way in terms of putting yourself out there and sharing your work before you have any proof from the outside that your business is going to work. You may also need to lead a team at some point. How do you feel about being someone's boss? How do you feel about communicating your needs, right? That's what being a boss is. I'm communicating my needs and my desires, my preferences, the ways that I want things to happen. And I need to communicate that clearly without being overbearing, without being rude. I need to find a way to communicate effectively. I need to find a way to enroll people into my vision and bring them with me so that they're excited to help me and they're excited to buy from me. So if you struggle with seeing yourself as a leader, that's something you're going to want to address right at the beginning because it's going to make business really difficult if you don't address those things. Next is visibility. I can't tell you how many people have told me I'm struggling in my business. I don't know why things aren't selling. And I go to their Instagram. There's no pictures of them. There's no videos of them. It's becoming a thing now, the like no face account. But if you have a personal brand and you're not putting up pictures or videos of yourself because you feel insecure about what you look like, or you're just uncomfortable being seen, like maybe you're comfortable being seen physically, but you're not comfortable being seen as an authority. You're not comfortable being seen as an expert. You're not comfortable being seen on a wide scale. I've worked with people before, and this is a very serious topic, but I've worked with people in the past who have had stalkers and they have a fear of if my business gets too big, what if this happens again? I don't know how I'll handle it. I'm really afraid about my privacy. There are so many things that you may have to address around just getting visible. What if I get big, big in terms of notoriety and people start seeing me, people start knowing me, people start recognizing me. And then people that I knew in middle school and high school see me and they talk bad about me and they bring up old things from the context they used to know me. Like we can have all these things in our head about what's going to happen when we get too visible for our comfort level. And those things need to be addressed at the beginning to clear the pathway for you to step out into what it is that you want to do with your life. We need to change our relationship with rejection. 
This is a big one. Many of us go through our whole life trying to avoid rejection. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to ask for the promotion because what if we don't get it? We don't want to like shoot our shot with the cute person that we're seeing because what if they don't feel the same way? Business owners have a very different relationship with rejection. If you're a performer, you already know what this is like. You're going to hundreds of auditions, hearing no after no after no after no to get to that yes. And that is a very normal thing. We've got to change that relationship with rejection and understand that you're going to hear a lot of no's in order to get to your net, to your yeses. Every time we're putting something on sale, hundreds of people are seeing it who are not buying. If I take every single one of those not buyers that know personally, business is going to be so hard. If I take every single one of those those not buyers as a story that I'm not good at this and no one wants me here and I should quit, it's going to be so hard to keep going. We have to change our relationship with rejection to understanding that every no is a step closer to the yes. We have to get into the idea that if hundreds of people are seeing my work, that's great. I need thousands of people to see it to get the 10 yeses that I need to hit my sales goal. I'm looking for 990 no's to get my 10 yeses. That's what we want. We want tons of people to see it and say no in order for us to hit our goals. So we have to change our relationship with rejection. I also want to mention as someone with ADHD, if you have rejection sensitive dysphoria, this one's extra spicy. So it cannot be skipped. We've got to work on what is the story that I'm telling myself? What am I making this mean about me? And am I making it mean I should quit or that I'm not good? Because if I am, business is going to be really hard. The next thing that we need to do is we need to learn and practice sales. This is so important. If you don't have a sales background and you've never done sales training, this is really, really important. A lot of us, if you're a creative, if you're a spiritual practitioner, like if you've never had a direct sales job, especially a commission-based direct sales job, you're going to have to learn sales and you're going to have to get comfortable selling. It is not a business until you've sold something. And a lot of people are like, oh, I want to grow my business. I want to grow my business. I want to grow my business. But they think sales is sleazy. They're uncomfortable selling. They're uncomfortable talking about money. They're uncomfortable asking for the sale. So learning how to sell your work and how to comfortably have sales conversations, how to change your idea that sales is like sleazy or extractive, that sales is about convincing people to do something that's bad for them or that they don't want to do. Like that's not what sales is, especially in heart-centered professions. Like if you really have something that you believe can help people and solve a problem, then sales isn't a sleazy thing to do. You're just telling them, I have a thing that can solve that problem for you. Here's how much it costs. Do you want it? And we have to get comfortable with that. And we're going to have to practice because if you've never done it before, it's going to feel awkward the first few times you do it. So putting yourself in a position to practice having sales conversations over and over and over again until it becomes second nature is going to help you get your business off the ground. That leads me to moving quickly from theory to action by embracing experimentation. I want you to understand that business is not theoretical. Before you've started your business, right, you're here right now, you're watching this content on YouTube, hopefully you're taking notes and writing things down, so you're taking some action. You're here watching business content on YouTube. My video on here's what I would do if I was starting a business this year is probably not the only one you've watched. You've probably watched a few. You're probably listening to podcasts. 
reading business books, reading business blogs, consuming business content on social media. You're thinking about business a lot. Maybe you're having conversations about it. Maybe you're writing things down about it. And all of this is great. But theory doesn't teach. Only experience teaches. Business is not a theoretical activity. It's a skill. The only way to build skill is through practice and repetition. You've got to take action. You've got to try stuff out. That is the only way. So I want you to think of it like dancing. I'm going to use my home base as a metaphor. Reading a bunch of books about dancing is great, but it's not necessarily going to make you a more skilled dancer. The only thing that's going to make you a better dancer is actually dancing, is taking dance classes. That means you're going to have to endure sucking in public. Everyone has to go through sucking in public when they first start. Everyone's first YouTube video sucks. Everyone's first podcast sucks. Everyone sucks in their first dance class. Everyone struggles at the beginning of anything. And again, this idea about leadership, visibility, rejection. If you're trying to avoid being in situations where you're not going to be good at stuff, you've got to get out of that if you want to be successful in business. You're going to have to take action. And the best thing that I can tell you is to embrace experimentation as a mantra. The goal is not to be perfect the first time. I invite people to my dance class and they'll say, I don't know how to dance. What do you think class is for? You don't go to class to know. You go to class to learn. You're there to learn. You're there to experiment, try things out, get better, and try again. That's what business is. There is no way to do all of this in theory in your mind and plan it all out perfectly and do everything perfectly the first time. If that's what you're thinking, it's not going to happen. Don't spend all of 2024 in research mode. Take some action. Take some steps. Do some skill building. Get out there and try some stuff. Get some software. Set it all up. Decide that you hate it and have to go look for a new one. Get some customers. Have some wobbly first customer experiences so that you can learn from them and grow from them. Have some sales conversations where people say no so that you can assess what happened in that sales conversation and you can start improving on your sales. There's no way... The way that I always say it is, ain't nothing to it but to do it. You're going to have to just get into motion, try things out, and experiment your way towards success. There's no other path. There's no other way. And then my last piece of advice for you, number eight, get one mentor and stick with them long-term. Please stop trying to be coached by the whole internet. Please stop trying to be coached by the whole internet. Do not, again, on consuming everyone's content. You can consume content, and that's great. But get into a real mentorship, get a real coach, get into a business coaching program, get some mentor that will take you under their wing that you can work with, just one, and stick with that person for a long time, at least six months, maybe a year. Let them really teach you as much as they possibly can. Let them get to know you. Let them guide you. Let them get to understand you. I work with clients in one-on-one a minimum of six months. And the reason for that is I need to really get to know you so that I can start catching your tendencies, your habits, the places where your insecurities come up, the habits that you cycle through. I'm like, wait, we went through this before. Now I know every time we get close to this point of a launch, this is where you freak out. So now we can start to plan for that because we know that it happens. The only way I would know that and be able to support you through it is if we work together long-term enough for me to help you, excuse me, see those cycles that you go through. There are so many things to learn, so many things to implement, so many 
hard days at the beginning. You're signing up for a season of challenges. That's what learning and skill building is. There are so many things at the beginning of business that you only have to learn one time. You only have to set up one time. And then you're going to have new problems and new challenges. But there's a lot at the beginning. There's so much to learn. And it can be so disheartening and so frustrating when you're trying to do it alone. And it can also be challenging when you're mentor hopping, when you are in one person's program for Instagram, you're in another person's program for funnels, you're in another person's program for systems, and you're over here patchworking all of this information together. And you're like, wait, but this person says Pinterest is the best way. And this person saying I should put all my focus on Instagram. And this person is saying I should put all my focus in filling up my one-on-one roster. And this person is saying I should put all my focus on building a course. So which one's right? You're going to want to block out some of that noise. You're also going to have to trust yourself. So you're going to have to find someone where you're like, I think this person is going to really work with me to help me build the right thing for me. Not just there's one best right answer because there's not. This person's going to help me build what's right for me. And I'm going to stick with them and they're going to stick with me. And we're going to work together for me to get this thing set up. You can muddle around and make a mess trying to do it all of your, all yourself and trying to do everything cheap and DIY at all, but you will get to where you're trying to get to so much faster. If you find a mentor who has created something like what you want to create and you get in and work with one person long-term while you're building this. So those are my eight things that I would do if I were starting a business in 2024. I hope that this was helpful for you. Thank you for being here. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment below if this was helpful. Okay, love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitiveedgecoaching. Have a great day.